For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Live with Rank program in this very cold and chilly and rainy day, unfortunately. If you would like to join us today, 269-441-9595 is that number. Once again, that's 269-441-9595. Or you can email me at rank RE as an excellent NK at townsquaremedia.com. Or you can join us via the app chat. As many as you know, if you have an app of one of the stations you're listening to me on, You'll be able to connect with us that way today, sometime in the second or maybe third segment of this hour. I'll be interviewing an attorney, David Delaney. He contacted me last night and informed me that the Kalamazoo Public Schools have a board meeting tonight at 7 p.m. to address the status of the mask mandate. He has a court hearing scheduled for May 2nd to address the constitutional authority of the school to issue that mask mandate. He is a client who is a school teacher at Kalamazoo Public Schools. We spoke to him, I think, specifically about this case a while back. Things are moving on. That's why he wanted to come back and talk to us. And I wanted him to keep us informed on what's going on. I don't want these things to just go away because of, and when I say these things, these cases, so we can better understand or better deal with this situation when the next pandemic comes. I I assume there will be one. I think that's the pertinent thing to do. And once it does come, we should be able to at least have some solid law on which the politicians at the time hopefully would refer to. So although... COVID is pretty much, well, behind many of us. I just read this morning from Axios that there's an increase in cases around the country. Now, we know that that could happen when it comes to different strains. strains. What we don't want, and hopefully they don't do, is um, react in a in a crazy way. Yeah, here it is. COVID cases rise again in half the states. Axios uh, just reported that. And this is what they do. The Axios always, always does this with their uh, pieces. The big picture, Omicron subvariant known as BA2 is the dominant strain circulating around the U.S. courting, accounting for more than three out of four cases. Now, I would like to know how they know that. I, I figured they could test for it, but when Omicron was out there, it didn't sound like they were testing for it. We never really heard a definitive number that I can remember of the new cases in Michigan or wherever else being Omicron. They said 
As in-person gatherings have begun again, COVID has sickened a number of Washington A-listers. And then by the numbers they have, overall cases dropped 5% across the U.S. to an average of about 28,700 cases from an average of more than 30,000 cases from two weeks ago. Three states, Alaska, Vermont, and Rhode Island, had more than 20 new cases per 100,000 people. Nine states, Utah, Montana, South Dakota, Kansas, Louisiana, Iowa, Arkansas, Indiana, and Tennessee had three or four new cases per 100,000. So three or four compared to 20. Well, even 20. Let's look at what the flu rate is per 100,000. So... That being said, we need to be able to address these issues from a legal standpoint, have a better legal standing the next time this happens. And that's why I'm glad that David Delaney, who is the attorney for not only this case, but in many other cases around our area. I think I first was acquainted with him when he was the attorney that went after Portage schools. So we'll speak to him in uh, maybe the third segment, definitely the third segment, maybe earlier, uh, depending on when he gets out of court. I've got a another feel-good story. A couple days ago, I wrote a piece. Could this Dearborn, Michigan man have the largest slot car racing track? And I, I told you guys about it. It really brought me back to my childhood. And I ever never had the luck to have a slot car racing track. I did have the Hot Wheels racing track, which half the times my brothers and I were using those orange tracks as swords and fighting each other and smacking each other with it. Um, but that's a whole nother story, right? So that story certainly took me back to childhood. Then I found this one. A Western Michigan University student, in fact, an aviation student, sets Paper airplane record. I didn't even know. I should have guessed. There's competitions for everything these days. I'd never heard of a paper airplane competition. And I never knew it was not only within the state or the United States. It's literally worldwide. And this particular one, which seems to be the big one, is run by Red Bull. M Live had this in their paper the other day, and I thought it was a great story they brought to us. This Western Michigan University aviation student set a United States record. His name is Evan Cooper, and his paper airplane flew for a U.S. record of 14.06 seconds. Now, those of us who ever attempted to fly a paper airplane know that 14 seconds in the air is pretty good, is actually really good. Well, it's a U.S. record, right? I have links to uh, quite a different pages uh, that you can find out who the people from around the world who are leading or one uh, distance, and I think it's two, distance and time aloft. It looks like if you follow the hot links, he came in second worldwide, if I remember correctly. So that's pretty awesome. According to the article, the Red Bull competition includes students from nine, excuse me, 490 universities in 62 countries 
The competition was first held in 2006, and subsequent competitions were held in 9, 12, 15, and 2019. What are the rules? Participants must make their paper airplane out of one standard piece of paper. They are only allowed to fold the paper and prohibited from ripping, cutting, gluing, stapling, or ballasting, end quote. So it literally is just what we used to do. Just a piece of paper. 14.06 seconds. And in fact, you know what? I should go. I'm going to go and do what I tell you guys to do. Click on that. Go to do, 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 the records hot link and see if I can. Uh, yeah, the world record, it looks like for distance on this one. 50 meters. 50 meters. That's pretty far. So I thought it was a great, great little fun piece to reminisce with. You could check it out at WBCKFM.com or one of the affiliates you're listening to me on. I even have How Can You Make a Great Paper Airplane? There's a link to these experts on Red Bull's site talking about it so check it out that was a lot of fun by the way talking about western michigan university their president the other day edward montgomery came out and uh, said we quote well i shouldn't say quote i tried to find the transcript and it wasn't very good detailed reporting on it what it's being reported is that he said western michigan must turn around enrollment declines because they're in in, um, in a state of the university address one of the largest challenges facing the university was actively competing for a smaller number of students. Student recruitment and marketing efforts need to change with times to attract prospective students. Quote, we therefore all contribute to our reputation as a destination for a quality, holistic, educational experience, end quote. Anybody in education, if you can help me understand what a holistic educational experiences, I would appreciate that. Maybe I'm just an old timer and I don't get it. So now that we had this pandemic issue and maybe more people in companies are realizing that having a college degree isn't the end all of end all. Spending four years and some of you putting yourself in a lot of debt in the end may not turn out to be the best thing to do. And it really depends on what you want to get into. Or people are choosing not to go to some of these schools. I just reported, I don't know if it was earlier this week or last week, Central Michigan University is having the same issue as Western Michigan University. In fact, Central may be in an even... Uh, bigger deficit. So then the question is, why? Why are they having problems or troubles keeping recruitment up? If you have a thought, give us a call. 269-441-9595. You listen to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank Show. We'll be right back after this.
Well, that's what, well, maybe uh, the Edward Montgomery, the president of Western, would be singing, uh, come and get your holistic educational, hold that note rank, experience, as well as CMU and anybody else who is is finding it more difficult now to try to uh, find students to come to their universities. These are huge, bloated bloated all these colleges not just one all these colleges are hugely as as trump would say hugely bloated in administration and the cost and the new buildings and everything they're doing and the amount of money they pay these people Uh, so it's takes a lot to keep it rocking and a rolling i saw something the other day and again remember we're coming into silly season Silly season is election season. And I think most people probably just disregard uh, the papers. As as I said, anybody who's sending you political material, the candidates or other groups in the mail, uh, don't believe a word that's on it from anyone. You may want to look at it to look at the topics or issues they're talking about and then go and research it. And there's going to be all kinds of twisting and pulling and taking out of context and uh, outright disinformation during silly season. And I saw this the other day. There was a headline that said, uh, well, I should say yesterday after the show, as I was show prepping for today. Republican Party Chairman Ron Weiser Try to get Tom Leonard, now I'm paraphrasing, Tom Leonard out of the uh, attorney general race. Tom is in a race. It's a primary because it's him. It's a, attorney Mark DiPerno. And I'm sorry, I forgot the third person's name off the top of my head. And Trump has endorsed DiPerno. And anywhere Trump is, anywhere Trump puts his finger or his mouth, The press will jump all over it. So there was trying to be some link that he told them to get out of the race, to open it up for the Trump nominated person. So I want to ask you guys now we're going to go into an interview. But again, he's dealing with court right now. I don't know exactly when we scheduled for very shortly him to call in attorney David Delaney. He may be delayed because of court. I would like you to think about this. Does a Trump endorsement mean a lot to you? What does that mean to you? Because there's endorsements from a lot of people. And endorsements to me never meant anything. Because I know from being in the business that there is a lot of horse trading when it comes to endorsements. And I'm not saying... I'm not pointing to one or the other or specifically on uh, this one with Trump and his endorsements. Some candidates would rather have his endorsement than not have it. But does that mean something to you guys? Some of you guys are real, real huge Trump policy supporters. But there are different reasons for people to be endorsed. In fact, most of these people who are endorsed by other Big politicians, they may not even know them or talk to them. There's people who talk to these people, 
So the president, as well as uh, possibly uh, Joe Biden, but I meant the president, I meant Donald Trump, Joe Biden, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, McConnell, uh, any of them. So I was just curious because they seem the media is really trying to set up this. Okay, let's see if Trump still has the power he has for who he's endorsing. The problem with that is Trump is endorsing, in some cases, people who uh, solely he liked because of their fight for him during the whole voting debacle. So I'm bringing this to your attention because according to other reporting, according to the man himself, according to the spokesman for the Republican Party, if you're hearing whoever's telling you that Ron Weiser, the Republican Party chairman here in the state of Michigan, pressured Tom Leonard to get out, they're saying it's not true. Weisner said yesterday in an interview with M Live that he told Republican Attorney General Tom Leonard to expect, quote, a very difficult convention, end quote, when the state Republicans meet next month. When asked whether he told Leonard to drop out of the attorney general race, Weiser denied the accusation. Quote, that's not true. Tom is a friend. What I did tell him is that I thought it would have it thought he would have a very difficult convention, end quote. And I guess that's because of the Trump endorsement. He said the subject of the conversation was also on the possibility that Leonard could run for the newly drawn 8th Congressional District. Right now, he doesn't live in the 8th Congressional District, but you could still run at at a federal uh, level when you're not in the district, which is interesting. And he would face an incumbent, a strong incumbent, U.S. Representative Democrat from Flint, Dan Kildee. Now, I'll, I'll tell you about that if you're hearing these things. But the reason I brought it up is I want to ask you what I asked you before. Does a Trump endorsement of a candidate automatically get your vote? Or will you look at not only the policies, but who could win? I think it's very important that And I hate to say this, but because of the actions of Dana Nessel in office, which I think are atrocious, are bordering sometimes on illegal, her using her position to bully people. If you put someone in there, and not just the AG race, any race that is a Trump-endorsed candidate but isn't, doesn't have the appeal to the rest of the party or can't bring over people who are moderates or left to center or voted for Attorney General Dana Nessel, is it better to have Dana Nessel continue in that position or take someone that you're not as enthused about, but would do better. And that's something we face every day. That being, I have to choose between the lesser of two evils. 
Now, I in the past have said we should be primary these people out that you think aren't really good. Is it different between a state rep or a state senator and a position like attorney general or governor? Is that an exception? 269-441-9595. You listen to Live with Rank, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank, and I'll get into just a minute why I chose that song about hate. The attorney, David Delaney, emailed me during the break. He's still stuck in court. So as soon as he gets out of that court case, and it's a Zoom one, uh, he will get back in touch with us and we'll have him on to discuss his case against the Kalamazoo Public School District or a school. I think it's, yes, uh, the school district. Kalamazoo Public Schools are having a board meeting tonight at 7 p.m. to address I assume, among other things, the status of the mask mandate. He has a suit against them that has a April 7th, no, uh, May something uh, appointment. uh, On May 2nd, he'll be arguing the school code violates the Michigan's Constitution separation of powers. So just wanted to give you up to date on that. The reason I played that Blue October song, Hate Me, is because of this. A teacher near Fort Worth, Texas, launched into a political rant wherein he called former President Donald Trump a misogynist and an effing racist in his classroom. And it's videoed. Apparently, the teacher goes by the name of Benjamin Metcalf. He's an advanced placement social study teacher at Timber Creek high school a student in his ap history class recorded the tirade quote don't teach crt we don't teach crt crt is something you teach in law school but we talk about injustices end quote they still either aren't the brightest bulbs which it's too bad because he's a teacher Uh, Or they're just not caring about the facts of any of this. I told you before, very few people. I've only seen one person, and that is the school director, superintendent for the city of Detroit, said, oh, yeah, we teach CRT. The rest of them don't call it CRT. They're instructed by their talking points that they receive to to say that it is only taught in law school. We've heard that for a long time now. And they teach it under something else. And he kind of admitted it. He said, but we talk about injustices. He went on to say, quote, we'll talk about, yeah, white people should feel guilty for some of the things that they've done in the past. That doesn't mean you need to feel guilty, end quote. Now, imagine you're a teenager in this guy's class and he's your teacher. Quote, because that's the first step towards a Holocaust. Really? Am I saying Hitler is Trump? No, I'm not. That's why the ACLU said, no, you can't strip them of citizenship. End quote. (laughs) 
Students were heard talking back to the teacher, but it was inaudible. And then he said, quote, because it snowballs so quickly because this guy, Trump, is an effing racist because he's a racist. There's no thought process. This guy is an effing racist. Donald Trump, absolutely misogynist, end quote. This guy graduated from a college. They gave him a degree in teaching. And that's his sentence structure. In my K through 12 education, I never remember a teacher swearing in the classroom. Let alone letting the F word fly as much as this guy is. He's an employee of the Keller Independent School District. Where... Lo and behold, parents uncovered a slew, their words, of graphic novels depicting oral sex and violent sexual assault in their libraries, in the district's libraries. When the Daily Caller asked them to respond to the video of this teacher, they refused to. There is so much hate. And as I said earlier, now's the silly time. Silly season, as it's called. When you get into these elections, the fall election. Trump did more for black people than any president before him, other than Abraham Lincoln. There's no ifs, no, there's no ants, there's no buts. Provable from jobs, opening up the economy, giving money to HBCs, historically black colleges, to there was something else on my mind and it slipped up. I was going on our little rant there. What was that last part? Actually, the last part was the most important part. Oh, having to do with uh, prison reform that many in the community were asking for and Obama could never get passed, but Trump did. Yet he is the racist. Now, what are teachers, or excuse me, parents doing in this school district? I I don't know. Is this a far left school district or not? Not sure. Don't know. But if my child came home and showed me this, there is no way. I don't care if it was Biden he was talking about, Obama he was talking about, George W. or Trump. There is no way I would allow my child to go in front of this person again. He's obviously unstable and unfit to teach, let alone be around children. But that's the hate that's out there. It's so ingrained in their hearts, souls, and minds. And that's, I would say, is a legitimate reason 
to bring up the fact that the media really meddled. They weren't fair arbiters of the last election. They meddled in this election by pumping these lies and and misinformation and disinformation to the heads of Democrats and, and moderate Democrats and people in the middle and maybe even moderate Republicans. And then the whole Hunter Biden thing, there's been studies out, I heard, so this is what I heard on, uh, I forgot what it was the other day, that showed if the people knew how corrupt the the Biden family was and that Hunter Biden laptop issue that was suppressed by the the media, that was suppressed by the social uh, groups, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. They would have, by 10%, he would have lost 10% of his vote, which I think would have easily flipped the election. So isn't that meddling in an election? When you suppress real information, provable information, And what about these 51 people who lied to all of those people and said that was disinformation? That didn't happen. Would you allow them back on your show? Leon Panetta was one of them. And I've lost respect for Neil Cavuto. He's on at 4 o'clock on Fox News. To have Leon Panetta on his show after we find out that he lied to the American people, disinformation, saying that that was propaganda from the Soviet Union or Russia, the Hunter Biden story, when the New York Post had laid it out with all you needed to know to at least not call it propaganda, that's meddling in the election. And anybody who has Leon Panetta or any of those other people on their shows, you'd have to be very suspect of. Let's just put it that way. 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today, you can also email me at rank, R-E-N-K, at townsquaremedia.com. I asked you the question does a an endorsement by Trump mean a lot to you? Will you automatically vote for someone if they're endorsed by Trump? Someone answered me via email. I'll get to that and more coming up right after this. If you're listening to Live with Rank, I would have to say it's probably victim of hate. Victim of hate that's out there. Too much hate out there. Uh, 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today, I just saw, as the song was playing, attorney David Delaney called in. So his case is over. Let's see what we can get in these next few minutes. As I was telling you, David reached out to me last night. He is a client who's a school teacher at Kalamazoo Public Schools. She has a medical mass exemption that they're denying. And 
He informed me last night that the Kalamazoo Public Schools have been board meeting tonight at 7 p.m. to address the status of the mask mandate. A court hearing is scheduled for May 2nd to address the constitutional authority of the school to issue a mask mandate. So there's a couple things going on. Why I said, yeah, sure, it'd be great for you to come on and talk, not just to update you on what's going on in Kalamazoo. One of my affiliates is in Kalamazoo. It's also uh, to... to Uh, sorry about that. It's also uh, to, uh, sorry, someone was helping me, uh, didn't realize that I saw Dave was ahead called in. I appreciate you uh, caring that much to let me know that he is there. Uh, what was the second thing I was doing? Oh, it's also these constitutional questions have to get answered. I think all of these things have to eventually go up to the Michigan Supreme Court so we don't run into a similar situation the next time around. So that being said, oh, I just noticed my board went out for our phone calls. I think I will still can be able to take it from here. So let's go. Oops. No, here it is. We'll get to it. Just got to do it. Good morning, Dave. Welcome to the show. Uh, Good morning, Rank. How are you? Doing great. So your case went a lot longer than you thought. I do appreciate you calling in. Hopefully you'll be able to. Uh, maybe stay into the next segment if possible. We can talk about that after this. So you may have heard what I was telling people. Why don't you give people an update on what's going on, what this is all about, what this, why it's so important. As I said, there's two things going on here, not just the local case with Kalamazoo, but we need these decisions to come down from the Michigan Supreme Court. So the next time we're in this situation, politicians at least – uh, or at least the people in the state can point to the Supreme Court decisions to tell the politicians they can't do what they're trying to do. Uh, thank you for uh, having me on. Uh, there are only a handful of um, schools that I know of in the state of Michigan that still have a mask mandate. We had uh, we had about 15 cases that we filed um, in Gaylord, Petoskey, Alpena, uh, most were in Kalamazoo. We had one in Van Buren. And in um, every one of those cases, the school, uh, during the lawsuit and prior to our case being heard, sometimes the night before, rescinded their mask mandates. Um, the health departments got out first, and then the schools carried the torches. I think that only the schools at this point have mask mandates that I'm aware of, other than, for example, a private business could say, we like you to wear a mask. That's not the government. That's different. It's when the government does it uh, in this case. But in the Kalamazoo public schools, in all those other cases, I represented the parents and the children, the parents through the children and the children through the parents. Uh, but this time I have school teacher. And more importantly, as you indicated, she has a medical mask uh, exemption. Uh, some people may remember that uh, when this first started, you could walk into Walmart and say, uh, it's not, I'm not comfortable wearing a mask. And you could just declare uh, that you didn't want to wear a mask, and Walmart would sort of accept that. But in this case, my client went to a licensed position, <clears throat> was evaluated, and it determined that uh, it's not medically tolerable for her. 
fact, she suffers from anxiety if she has to wear that mask. Well, the school uh, did not honor her medical mask exemption. So this case is different for for those two reasons. A school teacher, and secondly, uh, she has a medical mask exemption, which she has presented to the school, uh, and uh, they have rebuffed her uh, medical requests here. Did they ever say why they wouldn't <clears throat> grant that? I never got a clear reason um, from the school. We had our first hearing in Kalamazoo on this issue, and for uh, people that have followed this, the school defends by using the school law, which says that the school has to look out for the safety and welfare of the school. But The statute says safety and welfare of pupils. It does not say safety and welfare of teachers. So words matter. Um, I follow the Constitution. I follow the law. I read the law. But if if I may, and we only have two minutes left in this segment, but if I may, my rebuttal to put on the devil's advocate hat on would be this. Yes, we're still talking about the safety and welfare of the pupils. And that's why we want the teachers to wear masks because they can uh, give them COVID. If safety and welfare protects students, it must also protect teachers who have a medical exemption. What would you do if a student sat in front of you and said, I have a note from my doctor that says um, I'm susceptible to COVID um, and therefore I, I have to wear a mask and I want others to wear masks. And next to that person is the same as a teacher that says, I have a note from my doctor that says I can't wear a mask for medical reasons. So how do you delineate who prevails there? And here's the point. Who's looking out for the teachers? In this case, the teacher has a note from their doctor. Before COVID, if you had a note from your doctor that you were allergic to peanuts or you had some kind of a condition, we always honored that. Schools can't even give aspirin to a student without uh, a written permission from their parents. So we have a, a medical issue here. But let me add this. At the hearing, the judge indicated that because uh, the teacher... Um, had a teacher status with the school in a union contract that uh, she could have a claim for compensatory damages because they did not honor her medical exemption. I got to go to a top of the hour break, David. If you can hold on, we'll talk at break. Hopefully you'll be able to stay on to the next segment because this is interesting. We're speaking with David Delaney. He's an attorney uh, concerned uh, with uh, for a teacher in Kalamazoo a School District. Got to go to a quick break. We'll be back on the other side. 269-441-9595. You listen to Live with Rank. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.